Well, you know what? Kent reminded me of what John G. Legg said. He said the resurrection is the greatest event in human history. The greatest event in human history. And the reason we don't have more victory in our lives is because exactly what Marion said. You can't have a resurrection until there's a death. We've tried, religion has tried to drag too many grave clothes across to the new life. And there has to be a death before there can be a life. We call that exchange around here. Exchange. There has to be an exchange. The old for the new, the dead for the life. And so we're going to talk about that. We've been talking about it for a long time. We talk about it every week. But this is a special time we talk about it. And I always enjoy this day because I'm telling you, that's where the life is at. I'm going to start in John chapter 20. Father, thank you, Lord, for the resurrection in every one of us. John chapter 20, verse 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, while it was yet dark, under the sepulcher, and seeing the stone taken away from the sepulcher, she run and comes and tells Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they've laid him. Peter therefore went forth, and the other disciple came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter, and the first came to the sepulcher. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying yet, and went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulcher, and seeth the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in its place by itself. Then went also the other disciples, which came first to the sepulcher, and saw and believed. When he saw it, he believed. He saw and believed. For as yet he knew not the scriptures that said he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went away again into their own home. Okay, and Mary stooping without weeping. As she wept, she, wept, she stooped down and looked in. And said two angels in white sitting one at one head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She said unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. You know, I told you we're going to have a new body. He didn't have the same body. It's a glorified body. Jesus said unto him, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seek ye? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said, Sir, if you've taken and borne him away hence, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, Mary, she turned herself and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus said to her, touch me not. That doesn't mean touch me not. He said, don't cling to me. Don't hold me. Don't cling to me. For I'm not yet ascended to my father. And go tell my brethren and say to them, and I want you to hear this. I have ascended to my father and your father. I have ascended to my God and your God. What he's saying is this union is accomplished. He's not only my father, he's your father. He's, he's not only my God, he's your God. And you tell him that union's accomplished. And Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and they had spoken these things to her. And the same day he came, the first day of the week, the doors were shut. And I want you to see when he came into them, he told them to peace be still. Why? They lost their peace when he stood in the midst of them. How many of you know they lost their peace? <laughs> And when he said that, he showed them his hands and disciples. And Jesus said to them, Peace be unto you. As my Father sent me, even so have I sent you. That's when he breathed on them and said, Receive you the Holy Ghost. 
Whosoever sins you remit, they're remitted. And whosoever sins you retain, they're retained. Right then. Another place in Luke, it said, then he opened their understanding that they got to understand the scriptures. How did he do that? By breathing the Holy Ghost on them. That's how their understanding was opened. In Luke, it says their understanding was opened so they understand the scriptures. That's what we need to understand the scriptures. Amen. But we see that when they looked in, I love this. And it was Josephus that pointed this out. That when they looked in that tomb, they saw the linen clothes laying all right. But it was a cocoon. A, a two, it was at one time when he was in it about 300 pounds. It was a cocoon. He wasn't in it. If, if the cocoon had been gone or if it had been shredded, they thought the body could have been taken. But when they looked in it, they believed. Why? Because there's that thing hard as a rock sitting there, empty. But he wasn't in it. And Josephus said for weeks, people passed by looking into that thing, seeing that thing empty and believed in the resurrection. That cocoon preached the greatest message probably that's ever been preached. Because there was over a million people there. And they witnessed the, the crucifixion. And they witnessed the fact that he's not there. He's gone. Amen. And he wasn't stolen away. That lie didn't go very far. Right. Amen. They believed when they saw that it was empty. That's astounding. But it says right there. It says the linen clothes was laid out. And the napkin that was on his face was folded up and laid aside. Give me an amen. Amen. He's not dead. He's alive. And then we look over in in John chapter 11 when Jesus said to this is one of my favorite. In John chapter 11, verse 1, he says, A certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and Mary and her sister Martha. And it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold... Whom thou lovest is sick. You know, he must have loved a lot of people. He loved John. You know, he knew, they knew that he loved him. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death. Do you see the statement he made? This sickness is not unto death. But for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and, and Lazarus. When he had heard these things, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days in the same place. Then after that, he said to his disciples, let us go uh, into Judea again. And his disciples said to him, Master, the Jews uh, of late sought to stone thee. Goest thou hither again? And Jesus said, are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbles not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbles, because there is no light in him. Jesus said, what did he say? I am the light of the world. And he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. These things said he after that, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then the disciples said, Lord, if he sleep, he do well. How be it Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of his rest and sleep. Then Jesus said, Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, to the intent that ye may believe, that ye, disciples, may believe. Okay, nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto who the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Then Jesus came and he found that he had lain in the grave for four days. 
Now, Bethany was nigh to Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs. That's about a little less than two miles. So when they came and told Jesus that he was sick, he, he remained two more days. And when they went over there, it just less than two miles. So how long did it take them, Alan? Not very long. So he'd been dead a long time. He'd been dead four days. So actually, when they got the message, basically he was already dead. Right? Okay. All right. And soon as Martha saw him coming, she met him and she said, the Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother had not died. But I know something. I know that if you ask the Father anything, he'll give it to you now. I know that. And Jesus said to her, what? Your brother will live again. Oh, I know he'll live in the resurrection at the last day. The resurrection at the what day? The last day. That crucifixion was the last day of the old. That, that was the last day. His crucifixion was the last day of something. I know that my brother will rise again at the resurrection of the last day. And Jesus said, no, you don't understand. I am the resurrection. I am the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he that liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She said, I know that you're the Son of God. He's not only the resurrection, he is the life. He's the life. You know, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. He put an end to that thing right there. He said, see, resurrection, Sunday morning, Easter Sunday morning is an event. But resurrection is not an event. It's a person. It is a person. It's a reality. Life is not an event. It's a person. He is the life. If you be risen with Christ, Colossians 3, 1, set your mind on things above for you're dead and your life is hid in him. And when Christ, who is your life, we live by the life of what? Another. He is your life. He is your resurrection. That's why every day we live is resurrection life to us. It's not an event. It is a person. We have the resurrection life living in us. You know, we're we singing the songs this morning. And a lot of our songs, God bless it, it's okay. But we're not hoping for his presence. We are in union with his presence. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. We're abiding in him and he's abiding in us. It's not something we long for. It's something we have. If we don't feel it, it doesn't matter. It's as much a reality as the fact that he died and rose again is a reality. That we're living in union with the God of the universe. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost living in us now, presently. Now. It don't get any better than that. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Woo. No religion in the world except Christianity, ever suggested that the resurrection is its goal. Resurrection is the goal. Most churches, most religions preach morality. Jesus didn't preach morality. He preached immortality. We got that from John G. Lake. Glory to 
Jesus did not preach on morality. He preached on immortality. He that believeth in me will never die. It's a whole new day. It's a whole new thing. The immediate result of the resurrection was life. A dead man needs more than forgiveness. A dead man needs life. We were all dead in trespasses and sin. We needed more than just forgiveness. We needed a new life. That's why Romans uh, 6 is so important. If you be buried with Christ, and you need to be raised with him. If we've been buried with him, we've been raised to walk with him in the newness of what? Life. Life. Zoe life. You know, in John 1, it says, in him Christ was life. And the life was the light of men. His life is what lights every man that comes into this world. It's what makes you who you are in the recreated life. I was reading E.W. Kenyon's book, and it says, No heathen nation ever needed a patent or a copyright law until Christ was preached to them and they received eternal life. Catch that. That recreative, it took that recreated new man to begin to create and need patents and need, and need that thing. <clears throat> I thought, that's an astounding statement. Amen. But we see it. We, you know, I, I, I brought that out. Uh, a general in the World War II said that, that uh, the Asian nations, China and all these com- countries, they can't create anything. All they can do is steal what's already created. It's still going on today. All patents and everything that's going on, they don't make their own. They just steal them from somebody that has them. That's part of that old nature. It can't create. It has to steal. The thief comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it abundant. You have a creator living in you. You have that ability because he's in you that gives you the light of the world so you can be light in this world. In him was light, and the light was a light. It's a new kind of life. You know, John 17, 3 says, This is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you sent. This is life eternal. It's Zoe life. And you know what that Zoe life is? I got to looking at it. And it's living soul. It's the living soul. The old soul is dead. Zoe life, when Jesus, when God breathed into Adam and Eve, they received the breath of life and they became a living soul. Okay? When Jesus breathed on him and said, Receive the Holy Ghost, they received a new life. It's called soul life. A new mind, new will, new emotion. It's Zoe life is a new soul. Your soul's been made alive. Your mind, will, and your emotion. You have to exchange the old for the new. You've got to choose to walk in the new. You've been risen, so rise. You know, we read these books all the time back here in the coffee shop. All we read is life books. And it's amazing. I don't know how many books we've read, Dennis. But after we read these things, we just look at it like a calf at a new gate. It's all the truth, but we sit around thinking, why don't we believe this, right, Alan? How many books is it going to take for us to believe who we are? We seem to be dull of hearing. The God of this world don't want you to hear that, that who you really are. He wants to keep you in the dark. But we're not in the dark. Jesus said, you're not children of, the, of darkness. You're children of light. So walk as children of light. 
That's who you are. Man. But it's a new kind of life. Jesus raised a lot of people from the dead, but they died again. But this kind of life is the kind of life that you never die again. It's eternal life. It's the life that will never end. It's a brand new created kind of life that's never been before. They'd never had that kind of life before. We look in the book of Acts as they started preaching on this. They got beside themselves. You know, uh, other several places. I'll just go ahead and do this. In Acts chapter 1, in verse 22, uh, in the message, when they was preaching here, you see this. It says in verse 22, Beginning from the baptism of John until the same day that he was taken up from, one must be ordained to be a witness with us of the resurrection. He didn't say the cross. didn't say the burial. Nope, what was important? Resurrection. resurrection. The cross is important. But if you stop with the cross, all you've got is forgiveness of sins. Romans 4.25 says he was lifted up for our transgressions. Amen. Thank God for it. Religion stops there. They need to go on to the resurrected life and get out of that old and get into the new. But it says, Romans 4.25, he was lifted up, crucified for our sins. But he was raised for our justification, our acquittal, our that we've, as if we'd never sinned. We're new creatures. That was the purpose of this resurrection, that be a witness of the resurrection of Christ. Acts chapter 2, verse 30. Let's look at that. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God, having sworn an oath with, to him, that the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing that he spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh see corruption. His soul was not left in hell. Did you catch that? Oh, thank you, Lord. This Jesus has God raised up where we're all witnesses. Therefore, being at the right hand of God, exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, that shed abroad which you see and hear. In the book of Acts, they preach the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 4, we see here in verse 2, it says, verse 1, As they spake unto the people, the priests and the captains of the temple and the Sadducees came to them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection of the dead. What they was upset about? Resurrection. That's what got them all stirred up, that they was preaching the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Saints, it's the resurrection that gives you the new life. You've got to be dead before you can have the life. And they laid hands on him. We know what all happened there when they laid hands on him. All right. And looking with me at verse 33. Now I'm going to start up here. Uh, 29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. They told him to quit preaching resurrection in that name. Stop it. And they said, Lord, behold their threatenings. Grant to your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal, that signs and wonders will be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. <clears throat> and when they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake the word of God with boldness. Have you noticed that religion, religion wants you to shut up? Right. Just be quiet. Just believe what we tell you. Be decent in order. 
decent in order. All right, 32. And the multitudes of them that bleed were of one heart and one soul. One of one heart and one soul. Did you catch that? One heart and one soul. That's a new creation. Yeah. It wasn't the old creation. It wasn't the old heart. It was a new heart. It wasn't the old soul. It was a new soul. Right. Catch that? Neither said any of the things that they possessed was their own. How many of your old souls would say that nothing I possess is mine? Is anybody's old soul here would say that? Is there a person here that their old soul would say that? No way. And that those that had the new soul sold their possessions and parted to every man as he had need. Would an old soul do that? I rest my case. They understood exchange. They had a new living soul. Amen? <clears throat> now, here's the verse that's going to. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many was possessors of lands and houses, sold them and brought the price of them that was sold, laid them down at the apostles' feet, that distribution, distribution was made to every man according to his need. Hey, like that. Now, Ananias and Sapphira, we don't even go there. Now, verse 12, chapter 5. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all in one accord in Solomon's... You catch the one accord? Suddenly. They were all in the upper room in one accord in one place. And suddenly, suddenly, there's one accord. And the rest does no man join himself to them, but the people magnify them. And believers were added more to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women, insomuch that there was brought forth sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least at the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. <clears throat> and there came also multitudes out of the city round about in Jerusalem, bringing six folk, which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, every one. <clears throat> Did you catch the every one? You know, everybody says... Jesus healed everyone that was brought to him. Oh, yeah, but that was Jesus. No, here's your verse. The people brought all that was sick and demon-possessed, and they were every one healed. <clears throat> okay, now, I'm going somewhere. Verse 17. Then the high priest rose up, and all they were with him with the sect of the Sadducees and were filled with indignation laid hands on the apostles, and put them in common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Catch this. Go stand and speak in the temple to all the words of this life. Go speak what? All the words of this life. Zoe life. We got no business preaching sin and death. It's over. Go preach all the words of this life. We're not sin conscious. We're life conscious. Go preach all the words of this life. And then they went into the temple and preached the words of life and got in trouble again. Amen. Is that a prophetic word for us? all the words of this life folks that's what we're to live in Jesus said the thief comes to steal kill and destroy but I've come that you might have what 
life and have it abundantly. Oh, <clears throat> John G. Lake in his book, page 440, The Secret of Christianity, it's supernatural from the top to bottom, from the center, center to the circumference, within and with, without. It comes right from heaven, every bit of it. It is the divine outflow of the holy soul of the crucified, risen, glorified Son of God. <clears throat> from the holy soul. Isaiah 53, it says, Please God to crush his soul, to make his soul an offering for our sin. Jesus' new soul is where the Zoe life comes from. That new born again, John 12, 24, falling into the ground and dying, crushed, brings forth a new life, new soul. And God shall see his seed, that's us, and be satisfied. God's purpose is complete exchange, bringing us into the very image of his son. The secret of Christianity, it is in the consciousness that it produces in the new soul. Your true identity, as he is, so are we in this present world. 1 John four seventeen. As he, didn't say as he was, says as he is. How is he? I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. And have the key of death and hell. Amen. 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 Don't forget the amen. The amen. Jesus came to be a union between deity and humanity. Christianity is not a religion, but the imparted life and nature of God within man. It is the actual union and recreation of man by God imparting his very life to us. And living in exchange with him. That's Christianity. Hebrews 2 says, For as much then as what's it was? For as much then as uh, well, children are partakers of flesh and blood, he likewise himself took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that hath the power of death, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. But he took not on himself the nature of angels, but he took upon himself the seed of Abraham, that he might in all points be tempted like we, yet without sin. He became the union between man and God. Now we live in that union of deity. We need to see more of the deity side than the man side. That's who we were. That's not who we are. Woo, I got goosebumps then. That's who we are. I got through one page. And I'm through. Because it's 12, and I know a lot of you's got a ways to drive before you can go eat. And I smell something in my smoker already. I smell it. Rod, do you smell it? Gary, you smell it? Everybody smell it? Thank God for the resurrection. Father, we thank you for the resurrected life. We thank you, Lord, that that's what we're living today. We thank you, Lord, for it, and we just glorify you and and exalt you. And we thank you, Father, that as you are, so are we now in this present world. Lord, let us wake up to see that who we really are. And and I thank you, Lord, you're going to do that in Jesus' name. Amen, Amen, amen. All right, have a good day.